Welcome to Scenes of Beauty, a platform that is here to empower you to embrace your most authentic self and celebrate your own version of beauty, whatever that might be. I'm Chloe and I'm making it my mission to help people find and live their truest selves. If you're enjoying listening to the podcast and taking things away from it, hit the follow and subscribe button, share with friends and on your socials. I'm at the very beginning of the Scenes of Beauty journey and it helps more than you know to grow the platform. This week, I sit down with Dominique and Elsie, who are the founders of Bybee. Bybee is a natural skincare brand that advocates an honest and human approach to beauty, so I was desperate to get them both on the show. Their innovative approach to skincare is a really interesting listen. They talk about how we should treat skin in a way that I've never really heard before and also spill the tea on their personal glowy skincare recipes. They not only share the story of how they started Bybee, but they also talked about how positivity is at the heart of everything they do as a brand. We talk loads about real skin, which is really liberating to hear. If you take anything away from this episode, it's their refreshing approach to a real version of beauty. It's clear that they both have an extreme passion and love for beauty and skincare and an ambition to move the industry forward into a stronger space of authenticity. Here are their versions of beauty. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi guys, and welcome to Scenes of Beauty. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having us. Excited to be here. I'm here with <laughs> Dominica and Elsie uh, from By B. Um, and yeah, really excited to talk about you guys um, and the brand and kind of the bigger topic of kind of authentic and raw beauty, which you guys are doing really, really well. So do you want to start a little bit about you guys started as bloggers and then the journey of how you how By B came about? Firstly, how do you guys know each other? Yeah, we met working together, God, ages ago now. <laughs> Every time we tell this story, we're kind of like shocked at how many years it's been. Um, so we met in 2012. Um, we launched our blog in 2015. Also, the term blog just feels super outdated these days, but there's not <laughs> another word really for it. So we, we were bloggers. Um, but yeah, we met working together. We were working in sales Um we joined the same company at the same time. We were kind of office BFFs, um, which, yeah, I think in this day and age, um, is you know, we were talking about the pandemic, how important it is to kind of be in the office, because I think this is a perfect example of how you can strike up really interesting relationships by meeting your colleagues in real life. Um, mm-hmm. Side note. Uh, but yeah, we met <laughs> working together. And then um, I guess just wandered over a couple of things kind of, wellness health fitness um we just had a lot of like mutual interest in the kind of general well-being space um Mm -hmm. and we yeah we kind of went on that journey together it was very around the time of like delicious Ella and you know veganism becoming cool and we just thought okay this is a really interesting movement around food we do a lot around beauty we're massive beauty junkies but we've never really stopped to think about the ingredients that were in our products but also like 
what the ingredients were, where they came from. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess we just wanted to experiment with more natural ingredients because we had understood a lot of the philosophies around food. And we were like, well, your skin is an organ. Can we nourish it in the same way that you do? eating that avocado, eating that green smoothie, you know, yeah. can you literally apply that and get the same benefits for your skin? So it started very humbly and very much as a kind of passion project. Um, but I think the way that natural formulation for us has evolved is that we just saw amazing results. Like immediately, we just got that glow. We got really great skin um, and saw transformative results from using really basic, pure, unprocessed natural ingredients. So that was the inspiration really behind launching a brand with that ethos. It definitely wasn't around a fear of synthetics or bashing other ingredients. It was just like, wow, we've seen really, really impressive results from this kind of, I guess, slightly more basic approach, food-based approach to skincare. But obviously that yeah. concept itself is like not very mainstream and also making your own skincare, which is what we were doing using food, is not for everyone, particularly not for the time poor. So we ran that blog for a couple of years and just felt a brand that kind of carried that ethos could be really well received in the market and just didn't really exist, particularly one brand like ours that was quite vibrant, quite fun. Um, yeah. A lot of the kind of ethical brands in the market then and still today to a certain extent, just very white, a lot of green leaves, a lot of like brown paper. And we were just <laughs> like, we, we know that this stuff is good and we want to bottle it and we want to, you know, make it high performance. We want to make it accessible, but we don't want to turn people off by creating a brand that feels, um, you know, quite alternative. So, yeah, yeah. we've been on quite, quite a journey, um, but we started very, very humbly, quite literally at the kitchen sink, mashing up avocados. So that is an inspiration to anyone. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be the most sophisticated operation to get going. Yeah. Yeah. Um that's yeah super interesting so just to unpick a little bit you said about you know we we look after our bodies in a way you know we try and eat nutritionally and healthily um and you just sparked something when you said you know to to put that on your skin it's crazy when you say it out loud that we weren't doing it before we kind of made skincare this whole complex and complicated um maybe unnecessarily you know thing and, and all these ingredients that we just needed to maybe pair back um so with that kind of mindset of looking after our body looking after our skin we eat nutritionally we eat healthily in in you know day-to-day -day life but why do you think it wasn't ever thought about kind of pre that time that we weren't doing the same thing with our skin we weren't treating our external as well as we were kind of treating our internal um yeah it's a good question I think skincare typically has fallen under the umbrella of beauty um and been grouped in with um kind of color and and body care and I think the beauty industry for a long time certainly when we first started out and I think this isn't so much true now but it was kind of six years ago it was pretty guarded you know there wasn't much transparency around um ingredients um even a, a brand level you know before we had the kind of rise of the independent brands um you know it would be you'd be hard pushed to be able to say who the founders were of you know the moisturizer that you were using or the mascara that you were using um and really the only way that we were able to engage with beauty brands was through traditional forms of media is it, you know, obviously I sound like a dinosaur now, like saying, oh, social media has really changed things. But, <laughs> I, you know, it, it has to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. And I think like up until um, the last kind of five, 10 years, um, the beauty industry as a whole was under a sort of like a bit of a smoke and mirror, like um, yeah. zero um, kind of look into things like formulation, um, deep diving on on ingredients. And so, you know, you would kind of just buy something and you were told it does this for your skin. Um, you know, a lot of us as beauty consumers were probably thinking more about the, the vanity skin yeah. efficacy um, rather than skin health. Um, so I think that's one reason that perhaps we weren't unpacking back then um, skincare in the way that we are now. Um, but also, I think like the rise of wellness generally shone a light on the way that we treat our bodies as a whole mm -hmm. um and 
you know, wellness wasn't, again, wellness wasn't really a thing like 10 years ago. It was incredibly alternative. You know, veganism was like lentils and hippies. Like it wasn't like the cutting edge bloggers and um, sweet potato brownies. Like it was, you know, <laughs> it, it was a really different thing. And it went through this huge transformation. And, and you know, it then probably went too far into the kind of like mainstream commercial and the wellness industry as a whole now, I think is, you know, come, is a little bit problematic. You know, it's massively commercialized and perhaps every brand playing in that arena isn't really thinking about the wellness of the person they're selling to. They're actually kind of capitalizing on what it eventually did become a trend. But for a long time, we weren't really thinking about our wellness and linking kind of inner and outer wellness. Um, so I think that's another reason why we kind of then didn't go on to really push, okay, what ingredients are kind of making up my skincare? I think what we see from people who find a journey into naturals, the people that are buying us because we use natural ingredients, we, we use high potency, really pure, unprocessed ingredients. The people that have found us through that way have made the connection that your skin is an organ. And I think it's like what, hearing that, you're like, oh yeah, like of course, yeah. it's like yeah, part of my body. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, and, and then that in itself becomes like, you start to connect the dots and, and think a little bit more. But then I think, you know, in the last, you know, the, the rise of the independent beauty brand um, has been a fantastic thing for the industry. You know, it's we've completely changed the shape of the industry. And with that has come a push for transparency and a, for, a push for brands to be more open about um, yeah, so the, the kind of like drive for transparency with brands, which has been, you know, I guess consumer led to an extent, consumers asking the question, but also from a media landscape perspective, there are now just so many more platforms that brands can voice um, levels of transparency that they haven't been able to in the past. Um, yeah. That, you know, I think, yeah, on the whole, we do now start to think about our skincare in the same way that we think about, um, you know, our, our our bodies and our food and our drink. Um so, yeah, I think it was kind of like the it was a sort of, you know, a few things happening at once, the rise of kind of wellness and and the rise of the change of the media landscape that has meant that we are able now to ask the questions of brands and really think deeper about, you know, what is in our what is in our skincare. Something I would also just add to that is I think that the beauty industry and particularly skincare has been really guilty of like trying to problem solve and trying to sell us products because they're telling us that we've got a lot of problems and yeah. I think our approach is very much centered around skin health and kind of we call it optimizing your skin health so nourishing your body in the same way that you do with minerals vitamins antioxidants you know using really rich pure unprocessed natural ingredients have those mm. and we feel like you can yield a lot of those kind of health benefits by using them and I think that that doesn't play into the like beauty industry narrative of like you need a thousand products because you've got a thousand yeah. problems. We're very much around maintenance rather than correction. And I think that is a trend that really, again, only in the last few years has come to rise. If you look at the marketing around skincare, it's very problem orientated. Yeah. Um, and it kind of plays into, you know, the theme of your podcast, which is around kind of authenticity and, and kind of showing real skin, like real skin has texture and it has you know acne and it has wrinkles and it has you know it has pores and all of these things and we're just so guilty of being sold products to try and get us this like sense of perfection that just doesn't exist because skin is textured and it's real um yeah. so again when we're not trying to problem solve with the brand and and I think that this was like a massive turning point for us in our approach as beauty consumers is that we were trying to optimize our skin so it's always in its best health and when your skin is in its best health you don't tend to suffer from a lot of more extreme skin conditions but also your skin is firm it's glowy it's it's not peeling it's got great hydration it's you know it's in its best best health yeah. so again it's it's just very much applying nutritional based philosophies to skin and you know it's it's not always a mainstream concept but I think you know particularly with things like probiotics being used in skincare and and again just a lot more food philosophies filtering their way into beauty you are seeing that narrative a lot around skin health um which is is really where we started yeah it's really interesting because when you were talking there I was thinking you know you go into John Lewis and you're so overwhelmed by 
where do I start or what do I do and I don't understand these ingredients so I have to speak to an expert and I have to spend a lot of money on it because I'm not not the one who knows what I'm doing here and so it's you were talking there about comms as well and and brands offering problems and then a solution and telling people that they've 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 got problems with their skin when actually yeah there are skin concerns and conditions but actually all it's so cliche but all skin is skin and you know just because you have spots it's from my perspective it's not on a brand's onus to tell somebody that they have to clear that up like that it's it's it for me it's quite damaging and it, it it's actually quite upsetting and so it is that mindset of how to look after your skin rather than I've got a problem and I need to fix it um I think just kind of on that in terms of brand values and personality for you guys how did you kind of come up with that because you know you said it there you you're very much about skin health and steering people in a direction that is just about wellness for their external of your body you know um so how did you kind of build that into a into a brand and an aesthetic I guess storytelling I think our brand journey has like and and this word is overused in the industry um but I there isn't one to replace it is quite authentic uh (laughs) to our journey um you know, we created the brand because we were creating products for ourselves that we believe didn't exist. Um, and, you know, we didn't come into our, um, our, our, I guess, neither of us have come from like a skincare journey where we have been, we've had the need or the want um, to, to heavily problem solve, which is probably how we've then landed on a brand that is maintenance ver- rather than correction. Like the, both of us have always had like fairly consistent skin that hasn't caused us any form of particular grief. So when we approached, you know, from right back through to Clean Beauty Insiders, when we approached like how we were formulating some of these masks and moisturizers and stuff that we were making in the kitchen, it was about like, optimizing skin and and getting the best you know our best skin and you know that takes different forms and that's um that's quite subjective like I think like your best you know my version of my best skin might be completely different to somebody else's and that's okay and I think just like you know to your point slightly as well about you know what is good skin and why should we be told to problem solve but you know for us it was just about we wanted skin that felt happy that felt healthy that felt really glowing you know neither of us suffered from um extreme skin conditions and that you know and that is it's worth flagging because some people do and some people want to fix that and that is also totally totally fine um and a lot of founders journeys start with a problem solving of that ilk in that ilk it's often extreme acne or you know extreme sensitivity with things like eczema and and but that just wasn't our journey our journey was about like how can we maintain what we've got you know we were in our 20s back then like how can we how do we keep the useful glow like going (laughs) and that isn't about like undoing wrinkles or anything it's about that glow and we speak a lot about the glow the baby glow we call it it's really important to us because all of our products if you use anything in the range the consistent bits of feedback are like my skin feels soft healthy glowing and we really like that like that's kind of what we wanted to bottle so yeah where we I got use a supercharged in- serum and it's I love it yeah I absolutely yeah. love it I'm like unsung hero yeah yeah the hidden gem of the portfolio um, <laughs> <laughs> it is a good and and it, it makes you feel glowing right like it's, yes yeah you know, that's fab. yeah sorry um, I interjected that no all good and actually like that was one of the first products that we formulated um, it's still still in the range today. Um, so for us, like the, the build, the, the brand, the bricks of building the brand has always been centered around our authentic journey. So um, we were trying to develop products that that were that would maintain our skin's health and build a brand around that because we were essentially developing products for ourselves. Um, and I guess then like the ethos around, yeah, like the the things that the brand stood for and then the way that the brand started to look and feel as we built that brand identity. Again, it all just pointed back to what we were looking for as consumers. Like we wanted brands that we could engage with that were enjoyable, that were positive. Like 
positivity is like at the the like crux of what everything that we try to do with Bybee skin positive Mm -hmm. like we're planet positive we don't tell people their skin is wrong and therefore they need to do something with it we we sing the praises of all skin types and and that's really stuck with us and I think also like nodding back to what was happening you know in the kind of wellness and even the clean beauty you know the sort of like start the rise of the clean beauty you know that movement as I mentioned earlier had some it was really positive in many ways but it also had kind of like negative connotations I think um it kind of went it got a bit extreme and actually had quite a lot of backlash and we didn't want to play in into any of that and a lot of the content that we were sharing on clean beauty insiders was centered around being really relatable and quite down to earth and and quite honest and yeah. and positive about what we were talking about we weren't we weren't bashing ingredients we weren't saying ingredients were wrong or people shouldn't use this ingredient we were just saying this is what is in our products and we really like that um and that's really stuck with the brand as well and that now is part of like the brand's essence and and how we've kind of built the brand um so a lot of the yeah the early days were really drawing upon our experiences as beauty consumers and basically pumping that into um the the creative output of how the brand then started to take shape um yeah and and as an extension of that you know then if you're thinking about the look and feel of the um you know the people that we use in our in our campaigns the people that we work with our by the community our kind of customers from the off we've never used models um models as in we wouldn't go to a model agency and ask them to cast for a campaign for us we've always worked with um in the early days it was kind of friends and family um Mm. just but but the the kind of from the off the 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 aim was to show real skin but also real people just we wanted to create um uh faces that were felt really relatable that again was just in keeping with you know the way that we'd already built the brand um so yeah there were things that we've done from day one around the the type of people that we cast but also we've never used retouching remember saying to a photographer once like yeah yeah, they would say like oh okay and then there's going to be like three days of retouching we were like we don't want anything and they were like what (laughs) like nothing nothing like we want like real skin in its truest kind of form and you see that now with yeah the imagery that we kind of use and I guess it was all just pointing back to this um yeah this authenticity for for lack of a better word which really started at the root of us being at the center of our brand and building a brand based on you know what we felt the industry was really missing yeah I (laughs) I have such a thing about retouching because I basically when I started in the beauty industry I did a lot of shoots uh, for a makeup brand and getting all these images and part of my job was to draw around people's faces and circle the imperfections so that then the retoucher would then like just smooth over them and I was like oh my god it's what the hell is happening like I've been lied to my whole life and it's like this is what we're putting out surely there's got to be more so this is kind of where Seeds of Beauty has come in and, and, and I think you know it's so important that brands are doing this um but but why do you think it is important why do you think it is important to show one real people and two real skin um and I think brands are you know let's not get it get it wrong brands are especially indie brands are more and more authentic and raw and real and it's incredible to see but but why do you think it is so important as a skincare brand to to do that yeah, I mean, I think it plays into the fact of the conversation that we just had around like problem skin, like problem skin yes. doesn't really exist. You know, it's all about how it makes you feel. And if it makes you feel a certain way, then definitely there are solutions. And, you know, there has been amazing advancements in, in formulas and um, innovation around ingredients. So there's a lot that can happen if there's a particular skin concern but I think again it just makes us feel like we're trying to reach for an unrealistic ideal when you see those I mean for me it was the you know like the max factor the L'Oreal <laughs> like but there's almost like no like depth to the nose it's just so smooth yeah. and, like, hairless. and then I would look at my own skin and say like why don't I have this and no matter which product I used I could never achieve it because obviously no one can achieve that And I think that really plays into a lot of insecurity and then, you know, it can be really challenging around your perceptions of, um, you know, what people look like. And and I think that, I mean, I just thank God social media wasn't around when I was a teenager because I couldn't have coped 
you know, yeah. that that was hard enough looking at like, you know, Teen Vogue and seeing those. And then that was, you know, once every 10 pages of a magazine that I read once a month or something, you know, nowadays yeah. young girls are exposed to these images on, you know, such a heightened level um, through social yeah. media. So I think it's, it's not just retouching, but it's also influencers have responsibility um, and particularly, you know, celebrities and, and those with really large problems that can really sway a lot of influence yeah. to set realistic standards for beauty. So yeah. I think it's just really dangerous to set unrealistic expectations. And actually, as a brand, if you think about it from a commercial perspective, like promising a result that is just unachievable also doesn't work well for your own sales and efficacy, to be honest with you, because then your consumers will be like, well, I've seen this picture and I can't achieve that result. So yeah. I think just being, um, yeah, I think we've just all got to take a step back and realize that, you know, skin can never be flawless. Um, and we won't, we don't want flawless skin because we laugh, we smile, you know, flawless skin is, is someone that maybe doesn't, you know, live life with the same amount of vigor. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you have to be able to, you know, show expression and um, just live life. And I feel, yeah, it just sets this unrealistic expectation that then, leads to a sense of deflation when um you know you you don't receive achieve those same results so for us it cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today was never an option um and this is you know we're talking like we founded the brand in 2017 so these as you say a lot of indie brands adopt these philosophies which is amazing um but when we started no you literally i you know as i said she said to a photographer like don't retouch and I was like, yeah you know so yeah. back in back you know four or five years ago this was still a really um not done thing and it's amazing to see a lot of these movements change so quickly and, and so many brands adopt these um, really strict policies around retouching and the, the kind of models that they use. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. I think the state of play now is very, very different. Like there were, because like, it, it looks quite weird now. Like I was looking at, um, like there was a shoot that we did where we got, we got two sets of um, assets back. Like some had been retouched and then we got all the rawers. And obviously we only worked with the raw files, but I was looking back quite recently as I was like deleting files on my laptop and um, the retouched ones looked just odd. And do you remember yeah. Facetune, that yeah. app that like we yeah. all got like four years ago? Like some of the pictures, <laughs> I, like, yeah. I like got really into it for like three months, and like I just look ridiculous. I look like a smudge. I look like somebody's <laughs> just come at me. With, like, I've got no definition to my face. I've got really white teeth. Like I look ridiculous. Like yeah. you know, and I think you know that's it's it it feels kind of laughable now. And you're even seeing like the big kind of um, L'Oreal's and you know the conglomerates um starting to jump albeit rather in a delayed fashion but starting to jump on um this movement and um kind of hero real skin which is you know it's a although it feels green washy um or whatever color washy skin real Mm -hmm. skin is um in in some aspects it's also it does wonders for the industry when some of the bigger guys do start to talk about this kind of thing because it does raise awareness I think the issue that we've now got where where it's kind of moved are the uh, filters that look incredibly realistic like particularly on TikTok like the the yeah it's kind of it's like the new face tune right like you can suddenly like minimize your nose and get like lip filler in your top lip and botox on your forehead or in like the swipe of a button that's quite alarming um because then it starts to become this really weird question about like what is real and what isn't and why are we all like do we all really want to look like that you know that to me is like oh that's starting to feel like a bit of a weird place that that's not just beauty right that's like 
that's just yeah. the, the zeitgeist that's yeah it's society where it is today yeah, yeah I think so people just end up looking the same yeah and I think yeah. those filters when they translate to real life you know it, again it let, loses that sense of individualism like everyone wants the like full lips the like smooth forehead the like you know the filler in the cheeks but when that happens we all just end up looking the same yeah like yeah so again I think it, it just kind of mutes that and it's the same with the the kind of retouching it's just it blankets everyone as Elsa said it just puts a smudge over everyone so everyone yeah everyone's got that smooth kind of like the same skin but that's again it's not real life so I think that yeah. as individuals we want to celebrate our individualism and, and that part of that is real skin because all of our skins are different you know even between Elsie and I despite us you know let's call us normal skinned people um mm -hmm. you know there's huge nuances between the way that our skins you know behave yeah. the ingredients how they react what our skincare routines look like and we need to celebrate that and stop this kind of yeah one size fits all like this is what you need because these are your problems kind of approach yeah and that's where and it kind of links but the, the whole conversation just to like finish that point that's where it all links back to like your point on linking inner and outer health right because yeah if we are able to recognize that everybody's skin is different then we're able to see it as the same way you would treat your, your insides like you know I know that I will feel funny if I eat too much cheese but that's like completely different to the next person and it's exactly the same with your skin like your skin is gonna your skin is like very different so you know if we're able to as somebody says like celebrate individuality then ultimately you'll be able to give your skin what it really needs and um, nourish it in the best way because you're kind of recognizing that just like your insides like your skin is incredibly different to the next person yeah and I think what social media has done it's taken these trends and it's given everybody access to them and it, it is that if you aren't following that trend then it leaves you with a feeling of where do I fit in or you know where where do I belong and it can I think where I'm going with this is it's fine to play around with filters and face tune and whatever. But I think what a lot of people who are doing it don't realize is that it's affecting them internally and mentally in that it causes and creates a lot of insecurity um, because it's an unrealistic way of being, you know? Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, there's, there's a lot, but probably another podcast episode to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, you talked earlier about, glowy skin and just wanting and having glowy skin which a lot of people do so what are your what are your routines how do you get that obviously 100% by the now <laughs> <laughs> when we finally got the range because we built the range quite slowly and we just had a few kind of like capsule products to start with and when we finally got the range to a place where I could happily morning and evening use 100% Vibe. I was like, literally, it was like the best feeling ever as a founder. It's just like such an achievement. Yeah, Only yeah. Vibe on, on my shelf. Um, I can do morning, you can do evening for the mor morning glow. Um, so I um, don't cleanse in the morning um, because mm. I think that the skin's natural oils that they've kind of produced overnight are worth keeping um okay. so um I will go straight in with um our day glow um tonic um as my first step so um that is a lactic acid tonic it's a little bit like a kind of um pixie glow tonic type thing but 100% natural um it's got things like adaptogenic reishi and shiitake mushrooms so again like really leaning into kind of wellness philosophies um and it's basically like a really it's it's not a toner so it's, it's not water it's kind of like a very 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 thin serum um and I apply that I don't wipe it off um and that just helps to kind of break down any dead skin cells but often the buildup of dead skin cells can be what um inhibits the glow uh, mm -hmm. it can be what makes your skin dull because if um too many dead skin cells um kind of build up on top of each other then they won't allow light to be reflected um so exfoliation is really important um, I'll then go in with my eye cream. So we've got a day eye cream called Bright Eyed. Um, don't it. look at my eye at the moment though, because as I'm saying this, I don't know if you can see this, but my son head butted me. Uh, <laughs> he's 16 months and accidentally did it in his sleep. 
So I've been like <laughs> lathering the eye cream particularly hard because I've got this massive bruise um, on my eye. So um, bright eyed is particularly good if, if like me, you have a son with a really heavy head. Um, <laughs> it's got arnica in it. So um, arnica is often linked to helping ease the appearance of bruising. Um, mm-hmm. But in the kind of context of under your eyes, it can also help with dark circles under the eyes. And then it's got mm-hmm. a light reflecting mica powder, which just helps to um, kind of brighten that whole area. Um, then I will go CCAS, um, which is our vitamin C and caffeine day cream. So I guess the bright glow, like vitamin C is like a kind of age old, you know, tried and tested ingredient. Um, yeah. Obviously, like heaps of clinical data um, that kind of prove its skin efficacy and caffeine just helps to kind of reduce any morning puffiness. So those three products are all in our green range, which is our, our Brighton range. So it's specifically for when you want bright glowing skin. Um, and then I will whack on a bit of our day defense, which is our SPF 30 day cream. Um, so I double moisturize because I want the vitamin C and caffeine and my skin can be like drier. So it can take that. But you don't have to. Um, you could go straight in with the SPF because it's a day mm-hmm. cream and day defense. It, it doubles up as your moisturizer and your SPF. And then I will finish with a drop of um, supercharged serum, which we mentioned earlier. I love um, it. Or yeah. one of our boosters. Yeah. yeah. So supercharged is like super light. Um, yeah, really kind of easily absorbed. And I'll either drop it on top of the SPF once that's kind of absorbed or I'll pop it into my foundation um, as mm-hmm. I apply my makeup or one of our boosters. And I quite like CBD at the moment. I've gone. Yeah. I wasn't using it because I was pregnant and breastfeeding and stuff. But now I'm like, yeah, I'm back on CBD, which is really nice to reduce any redness. Um, yeah. And that drop in your foundation just gives you a bit of a glow. So that's that is morning glow. Um, Thank you. So my night, yeah, I've got a uh, drier skin. I think mainly as a condition of where I live as well. Like I've, I feel like the kind of allergies or that, it just really irritates my skin. And, and um, I often kind of get a little bit of like redness and feeling and my skin is a little bit dry. So one thing I would like to segue into is like the kind of benefits that you get, I think from like Bybee and like natural natural formulas because what I've noticed so I use for example is um my first cleanse I always use our swipe clean which is our oil-based makeup remover and cleanser mm-hmm. um and I recently you know just in the interest of keeping tabs on you know how other brands products are and you know always you know it's super important that we're constantly trying products I got a couple of balms and oil cleansers from other brands that aren't 100% natural or kind of like naturally orientated. And there's, you know, I, I, I literally use any other brand. I have no issues with yeah. using non-natural, you know, more synthetic based formulas, no issues. Yeah. But what I do really notice is that when, when there's a lot of water or ingredients that are quite one dimensional, a lot of like petroleum based ingredients or a lot of um, particularly in balm cleansers, like fillers that don't, aren't naturally derived, is that they just don't nourish in the same way. And I really noticed this difference, particularly around kind of oil-based cleansers. Our cleansers are cold-pressed oils. They're really rich. They're really nutritious. They're really high quality versus another brand that just didn't have the same level of like high quality ingredients and a lot of synthetic kind of base ingredients that didn't have those like natural attributes to them. And the, the nourishment and the glow that I received between the two like immediately I was like no I'm going back to bite I missed my bite and my skin just didn't yeah. feel like it was being nourished in the same way and I really I think there is like that sorry I, I think there is a mindset of I've definitely been in this before I kind of worked in skincare a mindset of natural's not like strong and harsh so it doesn't have the same effects of a product that's got a name that I can't pronounce because someone's told me I use it and it sounds scientific so I should put it on my skin, right? There's there's such a mindset of I think we're coming out of it a little bit, um, but there is a mindset that natural is not as good because it's natural, which is a really weird headspace to be in once you've started using natural products, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I think like the natural is like clean, and again, like we don't use that word, but it's to to bucket all of the brands that sit under that kind of movement like yeah. the, that section of the industry has not done ourselves any favors like we yeah. the the brands particularly from the u.s which this movement is a lot a lot, lot larger and there's a lot more friction between the two of like synthetic versus natural like clean versus non-clean or whatever that mm-hmm. means but you know those brands have done a disservice for the whole section of the industry that has lost out a lot of credibility 
because there's been a lot of spread of misinformation and a lot of synthetic bashing and you know thinking mm-hmm. about ingredients not being good for your health and causing you cancer and endocrine disruptors and all of this just yeah. like absolute nonsense so again like we haven't done ourselves any favors but you know that is a conversation that we've never played in and absolutely don't believe in but um unfortunately we do get buckets into those brands just because of yeah, our ethics. Yeah. um but a lot of you know a lot of synthetic and this is like slightly changing course and sorry i will do my routine but no that's okay a lot of synthetic <laughs> ingredients did. are originally natural so hyaluronic acid, you know, retinol is yeah. vitamin A. Like these are all natural ingredients. They're just synthetic versions of it. And there's plenty of reasons why synthetic makes sense over natural. Um, and for us, a lot of that plays into sustainability, to be honest. But mm-hmm. so that this kind of natural versus synthetic conversation is actually a bit of a moot point because in essence, the chemical construct of our hyaluronic acid and a, a synthetic lead derived from hyaluronic acid is exactly the same. So mm-hmm. again, there's, there's, we've just got to find what, what works for your skin playing into the conversation that we just had. But what yeah. I really noticed with someone that's, that airs on the side of like slight drier, dehydrated skin is that natural ingredients, because they're so rich, they're yeah. so potent, um, but they're also very layered. Your skin really knows what to do with them, particularly oils. Um, you know, your skin is made up of sebum. So it makes sense that using oil-based ingredients really enhances your your skin's ability to absorb them because it's like speaking the same language so yeah, yeah. that's just a, a, a comment that I noticed trying to be as unbiased as I can obviously you know yeah, yeah. trying to sell my own brand but I really noticed that when I switched to more synthetic alternatives my skin doesn't get the same nourishment and yeah. you know I love oils and I'm going to be honest about that and we both do like I love cold pressed oils. I've never seen yeah. better results for my skin than using pure unprocessed cold pressed oils. A yeah. lot of people hate oil, but I beg you yeah. to just no, try I love oil. it. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, I love an oil. Um, okay, so sorry, I did I did interrupt you doing your routine. So we were at yeah. cleanse. Yes, so I'm a, a firm double cleanser. So I use our oil based cleanser, and then I follow up with milk milk, which is our vegan oat milk cleanser, which is a bit gently foaming. Again, oil just takes over. It takes off certain particles that attract to oil and then water-based cleansers attract molecules and dirt and grime on the skin that attract water. So it's good to do both at the end of the day just to make sure that all the dirt and grime from London, where we are, um, Mm -hmm. central London is gone because it's pretty (laughs) close to here. Um, So that's important. Um, Then, yeah, I tend to nourish pretty quickly. So I will go in with, um, yeah, one of our boosters probably, and then um, I apply our night nutrition, which is our protein-rich ceramide night cream. Just again, it's like rebuilding. For me, night is very much around replenishment, rebuilding. Same with obviously I don't cleanse in the morning. So it's important for me to get that kind of nourishment in the evening. So I wake up in my skin um, and particularly my skin gets quite dry overnight. So I use mm-hmm. our night nutrition and then normally a drop of our strawberry booster, which is my personal favorite Bible product um, in there as well. Um, and then I use nice. our eye cream as well. Just desperate to just try and wipe away some of the residue of not seeing. <laughs> Eighteen months after having a child—that's that the only thing that I'm trying to solve for at the moment. Just, yeah, you know, dark circles under my eyes. Um, yeah, <laughs> that is that is my routine. It's pretty. It's it's fairly quick to be honest. Um, and yeah, it's not super targeted. You know, it's really, again, it's about nourishment. It's about giving my skin that replenishment at the end of the day, getting rid of all the toxins that cause aging, that cause dullness, um, getting rid of those, getting those off my face and then rebuilding and replenishing. Yeah. Would you say it's important to get like the fundamentals right? Because my skin, I was actually looking back at photos the other week and I didn't realise how I used to get breakouts quite a lot and I would I would have been someone who said the same thing you know don't have problematic skin I never get breakouts but actually looking back I did I just thought I just didn't think about it at the time and so um I get a lot of comments about glowy skin and and my skin looks quite quite healthy at the moment but I've really figured out what cleanser works for me and what moisturizer works for me um and I've got an eye cream I've got a really dry under eye um and I figured that out. So do you think getting those fundamentals in place is really important for, for, for kind of skin health and the skin barrier before starting implementing treatments and different, you know, serums and stuff? Yeah, I think there are a few 
like key parts to a skincare routine that are, are pretty fundamental for skin health. Um, so it's uh, moisture replenishing and rebuilding ingredients. Um, so like humectants are really good for that, for example. So kind of hyaluronic acid or honey and non-vegan skincare, stuff that holds moisture. Um, vitamins and minerals. Um, so specifically, we really like vitamin C, um, vitamin A or an alternative to like our um, Bakuchal booster and then skin barrier function and kind of performing ingredients as well. Um, so as you said, kind of really thinking about the skin's first layer of defense, which is your microbiome um, and keeping that kind of um, balanced and, and healthy. Um, yeah. And I think if you're addressing those and they are pretty fundamental parts. And then, yeah, I think, you know, also when we're thinking about fundamentals it's like finding products that work for you and I think yeah. if you're introducing something new to your skincare routine then being really open to kind of recognizing when something doesn't work and you know and and it kind of accepting that like just because yeah. it's got you know a hundred five-star reviews and you know influencers are talking about it all over TikTok it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be right for your skin and there could be a multitude of reasons why it's not so I think you know if you are switching new things in like listening to your skin kind of really like reading reactions and stuff and you know as the years go by you kind of build up what you know a better knowledge you get to know your skin a bit more I think and kind of yeah. really understand and know what you're like looking for in terms of skin results but also ingredients um yeah I also think the order of your skincare and layering is is quite important and I think is a bit that people will miss because if you get that wrong um often the products won't perform in the way that you kind of need them to um and your skin possibly won't know what to do with the kind of multitude of layers that you're doing that you're putting onto it um and you could end up you know clogging pores or um yeah. blocking like the next layer of your skincare um by using an occlusive layer um so I think really thinking carefully about um the layer of your skin layering of your skincare and, and the kind of very very um basic rule of thumb is is going from lightest texture to heaviest um, I mean, yeah. there are obviously kind of nuances with that, but if you get that right, then you'll make sure that if you have got if you have got a um, a skincare routine that has more than say two or three steps, that you're maximizing the each step and making sure that you're getting the most out of every product that you're using and all of the ingredients that are within that um, product itself as well. I think that gets yeah. a bit overlooked sometimes, and people get a bit like, oh, I'm just gonna like stick everything on my face, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, they, those are kind of important things to think about as well. Yeah, and also patience. Like you can't just whack a load of stuff on and expect you know to wake up in the morning and it and your skin to be great. It's it is figuring out those steps that work and then giving it a few weeks to kind of develop and let it do its thing. Yeah, particularly with naturals, actually. Like I think yeah. um, often naturals take a little bit longer to kind of build up and see skin results. Like our Bakucha, which is a natural alternative to retinol. Retinol, you will put it on and see results overnight not always good results you know yeah. it, it's in it's an aggressive um ingredient and um whereas bakuchal you need to kind of work up um over we say like a 28 day cycle um yeah. which kind of fits in with your skin renewal cycle um and you'll probably see results after a few weeks so yeah as you say like just having a bit of patience and knowing that most skincare is not instant yeah yeah um okay so the last question that I tend to ask everyone on the show is what is your version of beauty I don't even want to go first <laughs> yeah go on I will I think my <laughs> mine is mine is a bit more like you know I'm in the beauty industry I create beauty I create and sell beauty products for a living beauty to me is like directly linked to um the products that I use and how they make me feel so like mm -hmm. if I think about like the if I could sum up a kind of little still frame of an image that conjures like my mind conjures when I'm thinking about beauty it's like sat in the bar like with my acid gold like by the acid gold face mask on like a really thick layer and I can feel it like lightly tingling which means it's doing like some great things to all of those dead skin cells and that, that makes me feel really great there's silence or I'm watching something or I'm listening to some music but there's silence as in there's nobody bothering me um and I've got a glass of wine and there are probably some Epsom salts in the bath which is helping my body feel kind of really relaxed and unwind yeah. and, and unwind unwinded unwound <laughs> unwound 
um and I'm thinking about the day ahead or I'm thinking about some like creative things for Bybee and getting really excited about that I'm thinking about the future of skincare you know I like beauty for me is is skincare um that that would be the image that it conjures up and it makes me feel relaxed and positive and um happy and good within myself and good about myself yeah yeah that's so beautiful thank you (laughs) again you know we love beauty like the two of us I mean that's why we literally like started a brand night like we are we just love beauty um so I think you know for me it's about taking care of yourself and I think there's a really beautiful like thing in a routine and taking that time to just really like nurture and take care of yourself um so for me you know beauty is self-care um and it should be a really positive self-loving experience um and something really enjoyable and it's you know those five minutes that you take for yourself to really take care of yourself in the same way that you would you know go to the gym or eat really healthily it's just a self-care moment yeah Thank you. That's so lovely. Um, and thank you for the for the chats. It was really interesting. I'm really, you know, you both said there how much you love skincare and you love beauty. And I think if we kind of got anything from that conversation, that was it. And so, yeah, thank you so much. Um, in terms of product, um, everything's available online and in the UK more recently, Holland and Barrett, which is really exciting. Um, and then we do have some listeners in the US so Target and Credo okay so um, yeah thank you so much that was um, that was really great thanks for having us even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks Italian leather jackets and so much more And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks. If you like this episode, hit subscribe and leave us a review. 